0: Thank you for listening to this interview series by me, David Roth, from WPP, in conjunction with the World Retail Congress, which was recorded live at the World Retail Congress 2023. In this edition, I'm in conversation with Dr. Alex Genov, Head of Marketing Insights and Customer Research at Zappos.com, an experienced customer research professional who applies his experimental social psychology background and his passion for research, design and innovation to solve important customer and business problems. For more conversations in this podcast series, go to WPPBAV.com forward slash WRC 2023. But not before you've listened to this. Well, Alex, thanks very much indeed for joining us.
1: Thank you, David. It's a deja vu all over again, but it's such a pleasure uh, to see you again um, one year um, later. We met each other also uh, in London, but uh, this brings back great memories of uh, wonderful
0: conversations with you. Indeed. It's um, the end almost of the World Retail Congress in Barcelona for 2023. It's very difficult to... Uh, have listened to any of the presentations without um, technology being mentioned, without uh, generative AI. We just had a a fantastic presentation from Stefan Petouris, our WPP Mm -hmm. uh, CTO, uh, giving us a a vision of what it's all going to be like when everything comes together. Sure. Um, I'd like to talk to you about, uh, I suppose, in the context of all this generative AI and technology, to talk about humanity. Because... With all this technology, maybe we're slightly losing sight of what makes us humans, do you think? <laughs> what a wonderful
1: thought, David. What a wonderful thought. And yeah, I mean, the World Retail Congress is, um, is a unique, uh, one-of-a-kind event that I look forward to every year. And what makes it so is this uh, balance of the topics and uh, you know, the discussion areas. And, and you know, under Jan's leadership, obviously these four pillars have, uh, have developed and one of them is a customer. And like you said, um, it's so much more important now, more than ever, to talk about customers as humans, to talk about humanity in light of this utter fascination, right, uh, with uh, technology and with AI. And it's uh, gotten to a fever pitch recently. I mean, it caught us all by surprise. It's in the past few months. It's strange that because clearly, you know, work on
0: AI, generative AI has been going on for the last 15 years. But it does seem like the last couple of months, the doors have opened and the world has realized whatever one's been working on for all this time.
1: It's amazing. It's, some, it's as if they were working behind closed doors and then they pulled the curtain and it was ta da it, it, It's amazing. I Years ago, I visited the MIT Media Lab and... Um, you know, there were, there were brilliant minds there talking about text analytics and this this kind of knowledge repository and all that. And I wonder really what happened uh, recently to to pull all this together. But it is it's showing a lot of promise. It's really impressive. But at the same time, um, as a as a psychologist by training and uh, a humanitarian at heart, um, it worries me a little bit because I think this this fascination with technology is uh, can lead us down a path that. Um, that takes us away from humanity and from, from customer service and from great customer
0: experiences. How do we make sure then? Because history has told us, I mean, since the Luddites, <laughs> that uh, technology is unstoppable. And as a lover of technology myself, I'm right. glad that it's unstoppable. But, but how do we fuse humanity? Because I think we, we are within technology now, because I think we're coming to a different stage of technology. This isn't sort of microprocessor-based engineering technology. This is about elements that are integral to the DNA of what humanity is all about. Exactly. So, David, this
1: is extremely insightful what you just said, because indeed, history repeats itself. And um, the Luddites is one thing. I'm not not one of them. I don't hate technology. But you remember this was a backlash um, back in the day when the mechanistic age in the mechanistic age everybody was fascinated by the mechanism by the cogs and and then even the human brain was depicted in terms of cogs that are turning and so on and some people were concerned about that now we're back i believe in the same uh, to the same point but in a different uh, different technology now it's not cogs but it's ones and zeros and um i i love technology as well i think Technology and AI can do can overcome the limitations of the human brain in many many respects. But one thing that's missing, and what's concerning me as a again humanitarian as a psychologist, is the question of who is programming empathy in those algorithms, and and the da- what data streams go in in those to make sure that. Um, those algorithms um, are designed to help people in addition to generate revenue, cut costs and all that. So when you want to talk about businesses, a lot of them want to not only generate profit but create emotional connection with customers and you, they want to build long-term customer loyalty. But in this respect, I, businesses are not unlike individuals in, in terms of uh, interpersonal relationships. So I mean, if you think about how we interact on an interpersonal level. Many times that's how you know customers interact with businesses. Let's take trust, right? Trust is very difficult to build and very easy to, to ruin, right? And then extremely difficult to rebuild. So the question is um, if you have a friend that always calls you when they need something <laughs> and they keep taking from you and taking from you and taking from you, you, you wouldn't trust that person. You wouldn't want to be with them. The same thing with a company, right? If if the algorithms are optimised to just take information from you and, and, and guide you and manipulate you to purchase, I mean, this this will not build trust. This will only ruin something that's already not great.
0: So in the context then of how these algorithms are arrived at and developed and optimised, should there be some guardians of this? I mean, do we have to think of a new way of being able to... I hate to use the word regulate, I don't mean it necessarily in a, in a, in right. a legislative form. Right. But in terms of frameworks, is, exactly. there, is there a layer that is now missing now, which is a, yeah. a, a much more visibility on how some of these algorithms are constructed and, and exactly. optimized?
1: Exactly, David. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think the, the visibility is absolutely needed. I think at a higher level, the question is who is building the, the balance? It's all about balance, it's not one or the other. And right now the balance is off-kilter, I believe. So uh, we had this um, workshop today with, with three, um, three of my, my friends that um, are advocating for bringing back humanism back to retail. And our whole workshop was around identifying blockers to humanizing retail and, and so what are some of the solutions. So some of the blockers that are very powerful are these mindsets, mindsets that uh, leaders have. For example understanding talking to customers is not scalable. Customers cannot tell you what people can... You can't trust what people say. These are all mindsets. And if um, if executives have these mindsets, they're not going to invest in understanding customers as people. It doesn't take a lot of investment. It's not rocket science. It's really doing some qualitative research, observing customers, talking to them. You can always scale that. So, for example, one example I can give you is... Um, voice of the customer programs you know you let people tell us how they feel you know you have the rating which is the structured data but then you have the text so why are you feeling that way and then they'll type something that's the the wealth of information of really how they express how they feel and why they feel a the certain way then you have mountains of text data and that's where you need for example powerful ai to analyze it and to structure it but you need to feed that sort of sentiment data into the algorithm. So the question is who builds the, the feedback loop into those algorithms? So the algorithms start with an assumption assumption of what David likes. Usually, if it's based on the average of another million people, <laughs> most likely it's going to be wrong. Or, you know what I mean? For things that matter to you, how do I know what you like, right? So, who builds this feedback mechanism to to teach the algorithm about your preferences, about your state of mind, about your personality, right? I
0: think that's the the data that's missing. So, if that data is missing, what do companies, organizations need to do in order to ensure that the way in which they're using and will be using some of these new generative AI techniques is the most appropriate? Sure,
1: sure. It's, um, I mean, on the culture front, company culture front, I think it's establishing this culture of customer centricity and this this view that what people think and how they feel matters, right? So then, the way to operationalize it in, in organizations is to have everybody in the organization listening on customer service calls, right? In Retail stores, you have the walk the store, you know, executives walk the store and experience uh, what customers experience. Shop alongs, you you go along with a customer and see what they do. This qualitative research, um, which again, may not seem scalable, but that's not the point. The point is you get the insights from that and then you can scale it. And then you have, you have to have roles in the organization along with data scientists to have more psychology-based research to work together with the data science. It's, it's as simple as that. So, for example, at Zappos, um, what we started recently is this informal working group. We call it the customer council and then we invited people from customer research, data science, you know, um, UX, uh, merchandising, competitive intelligence, all working together to solve a business problem, right? How can we help our customers and make them more more loyal, help them with their lives, and as a consequence, they come to Zappos and purchase more frequently?
0: Well, when you put it together like that, it seems very simple, and then put a, a framework of AI in order to manage it um, <laughs> and interpret um, all that data... Uh, and then be able to interrogate it. But um, the devil is in the detail of all of this. Exactly. Um, It's going to be very interesting. I was going to say a few years of development, and it's going to be much longer than that. But the way in which new techniques are emerging almost on a weekly basis, maybe it won't take as as long as that, but uh, it's going to be an interesting ride. Absolutely, David.
1: It's just a matter, I would say, it doesn't take much to infuse that empathy and that other additional piece of code that really asks you You know, the AI is asking you, am I guessing correctly?
0: And what can I do better? Well, I think when the AI can make that leap, I think that will be a completely new, another level. Um, but given how fast it's going, I don't think that will take very long. Alex, thanks very much indeed for joining. Thank you, David. My pleasure. For more conversations in this podcast series, go to WPPBAV.com forward slash WRC 2023.